You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my rational perspective on Chelsea nil, Southampton 1. A result I still can't believe I'm saying out loud, but it's the reality of Chelsea's season. I thought I'd wake up this morning and it'd be like a bad dream, but that is this season. You want to wake up from it from a Chelsea perspective and hope that it hasn't been real, but it has. It's the reality of this season. A complete horror show, an unacceptable result, an unacceptable result for Graham Potter. There's kind of no excuses from that yesterday uh, to lose to the team that went into the game and is still, even after that win, bottom of the Premier League, losing nine of their last 10 games without a permanent head coach. There's no way around it. It was a disaster from a Chelsea point of view. And, you know, I, I'm. we're going to get into a lot of things today in terms of what happened yesterday, the team selection, the performance, the decision-making, um, where did Chelsea go from here? And also what we're seeing from reporting that suggests that Graham Potter is not going to be sacked. But I have, you know, a lot of respect for people who maybe have come to the conclusion to themselves, like I was speaking to yesterday after the game, that Graham Potter is out of his depth. And I think if you just take the context of yesterday and the feeling watching Chelsea at the moment, I respect and appreciate those people's opinions. And I think for myself, you do just reach a point at times for any head coach when it gets so bad of, of no return. Now, if it is the internal kind of belief at Chelsea that that's not going to be the case, Sure, but how many more of these results can go on before it gets, you know, it feels toxic already. How bad does it need to get? And that is something that I think is going to be very challenging for this new ownership to, to walk through if it continues in this fashion. But we, we can only speak about what's in front of us at the moment, which was yesterday's result, which was a disaster. Before we do get into that, we also have to speak about Cesar Aspilicueta. Of course, horrible incident, um, head injury. He was down for so long, stretched off the pitch. But luckily, he was waving to the crowd as he was ba- being taken down the tunnel, which was, you know, it's the other end to me. I haven't gone back and watched the highlights. I don't want to see that incident again. Just dreadful. I mean, maybe it's a time to talk about whether that was a red card or not. But I, I think the most important thing here is that Kepa, after the game, told media that he's uh, says Rasplaquetta is stable and conscious. At least that was the the talk 
yesterday afternoon after the full-time whistle. Um, I hope Aspilicueta is okay. Uh, just horrible because head injuries are still an area, I think, of the game that, and just in sport, we don't know that much about in terms of the long-term impacts of them. So hopefully he's okay and he can recover quickly and is, is getting the treatment he desires right now. So before we get into any of that, let's just, uh, you know, usual stuff. If you're new around here, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. If you, if you want more Chelsea misery and want a place to kind of comfort yourself with people who are suffering through this season, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit that like button too. If uh, you you want a reason to still love football, because I'm running out of them this season. Uh, and as well, Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network, if you are listening on the podcast feed my kind of optimism for the game was was dwindling a little bit before it when we got that that leak on friday evening after the press conference way after the press conference that reese james tiago silva um who else was it hakim ziash mark career were not going to be in the squad yesterday and those first two it was devastating because you know this is a must win this was a must win game for graham potter you cannot stress it any more clearly for what it was and to not have for me, your best player of the season so far in Thiago Silva and arguably Chelsea's best player at his best and, you know, a, a transformative player at his best in Reese James was already a knock. That doesn't mean that the players out there were so terrible that we couldn't beat the bottom team of the league. That's not what I'm saying before people go in the comments and think that's what I'm saying. But just not seeing Reese James and Thiago Silva out there and being rested... Listen, I'm not a medical expert and, you know, we can go into all of the red zone and, you know, if Reese James goes out there yesterday and gets an injury, you know, are people complaining that he should have been playing anyway? I'm sure some would. But the, the reality of this, the harsh reality of the situation is Graham Potter does not have that leeway at the moment. He does not have the leeway to leave players out in, in key moments. Like, And I think that, I don't know, could they have played yesterday? Was it such a situation where literally Reese James was on the brink of injury? Could it have been a situation like against Fulham where Reese maybe plays 50, 60 minutes of the game? But then that 50, 60 minutes could have decided it from a Chelsea point of view. Same with Thiago Silva. I don't know. I, I just, I find it hard to just completely buy that at this point. But, you know, as I say, I, I, I don't just want to sit here and go blindly. They should have been playing. And that's the end of the conversation because, there were clearly reasons why they didn't play. And I don't believe that Graham Potter would want to go into this game without having those two players. So maybe it was being really stressed to him that they they were on the brink of injury. But I don't know. I just I, It wasn't a good look. And then that also had the impact because there were more changes on top of that to this team that I think you know disrupted things further when Chelsea desperately need chemistry. And you saw that in the first half, an atrocious first half. In many atrocious halves of football that Chelsea have had this season, don't get me wrong, but in terms of the opponent, again, we go through this bottom of the league, woeful form, no permanent manager, no rhythm, but they came to the bridge and were the better team. They had more of the ball in the first half. They had more shots. They had more shots on target. Sure, their winner comes from a brilliant free kick, but even that moment, you know... Aspilicueta gives away a really silly foul. An experienced player should know better. James Will-Prowse is... Probably at the moment it is going to be the most likely goal scorer for Southampton. If you give away a free kick in that area to one of the best set set piece specialists in this league, I think you get what's coming to you. That's what James Ward-Prowse has been doing for most of his career. And I think the last time Southampton beat a Premier League team in Everton, it was a James Ward-Prowse free kick that won them the game. 
So, you know, it was just, and, and it completely set Chelsea back into a first half that was already atrocious. I mean, Chelsea, don't get me wrong, you know, other than David Datra Fafana, who I felt was harshly done by to be subbed off at half time, I think he was one of the few players offering something. Nori Manawake, too. Other than that, barely anything to speak of in the first half. No optimism, no rhythm, no pattern, no way Chelsea were going to get the ball to their most dangerous players how we were going to, you know, deconstruct the worst team in the league. Just absolutely no idea. That's how clueless and, and demoralizing it was to watch that first half. And they had more passes than us too. Just, it it was just atrocious. It really was. Um, and I tweeted this at halftime and this wasn't just aimed at the players. I also aimed it at Graham Potter too. What evidence do we have this season that this group of Chelsea players can come back from adversity? We have barely any. I think the one example we have this season of Chelsea going 1-0 down in a Premier League game, I think in any game, and coming back to win is Graham Potter's first league game in charge against Crystal Palace all the way back in October. This team doesn't deal with adversity well. I've been saying this for months and months and months. I was saying this, I think, way back at the start of the season. It's been just terrifying. You know, that's the word I'd use to see how meek and just weak Chelsea are in moments when they have to go up against it and they get a knock in a game anything you know a, a light breeze takes this team out I think I've said that before and you know that that bodes terribly for a coach like Graham Potter um, and he bears responsibility to it as well because he's been here quite a few months now to not evoke a response to not find the ingredients to change that in moments because you can concede a goal like a free kick in that moment but then to not have much evidence that Chelsea can overcome moments even the best teams have that even the great Chelsea teams would have the shock moment where they, where they concede a goal to a team they probably shouldn't be conceding a goal to or going one or down but there was enough in the bank that they'd come back and win there is nothing in the bank with this team there is no evidence this team you know it we, I can be a little bit excited or, or think that maybe against Borussia Dortmund we can we can turn it around. But again, we're one 0 down in that game over on aggregate, and you know in in the Champions League you come up in moments when you are facing adversity. Any time this team faces this, and they're going to face it from now until the end of the season. I kept saying this, even if Chelsea in the upcoming weeks start to win games, which looks very unlikely at the moment. You still, in it's football, you still have to deal with those things. And it looks like this team is completely incapable and this coach is incapable of changing those things. And that in itself it is just, it, it's a red mark. It, you know, it, it's just horrible. And it's the worst thing you want in a team. And it makes it just horrible to watch as a supporter. You don't have that faith this team can overcome things in a season, which every season you have to. And that is a core fundamental issue that Chelsea have at the moment. And you could argue we've had for several time. I think it's just come to a very dramatic head this season. So Sterling and Fafana come on. I actually, I do want to mention that Wesley Fafana, and I know many people probably won't be talking about this after yesterday's game, and I understand why, but I actually think Wesley Fafana looked really good considering this is a guy who hasn't played competitive football since October. Um, I think him and Badia Shile handled quite well, considering that Chelsea didn't have a lot of structure in the game at all. And there were times where we could have been hit on the break. I think that Fafana looked looked pretty good um, to me. I, I really do. And that in itself is encouraging for the rest of the season uh, to have him back in action. So I, I do want to give some credit to at least one player yesterday. And that was Wesley Fafana. I did think about it watching the game. Raheem Sterling, I mean, the justification for taking off Fafana, which David Datra Fafana that is, we're going to have to distinguish those two now. The reason for taking off Fafana in the first half is I, I just didn't understand it as sort of a central striker who I think was offering things. But the justification after the game was that Graham Potter wanted to use Raheem Sterling in wide areas. And to be fair, 
if you just look at the evidence of what Raheem Sterling did, he definitely helped create better chances for Chelsea and he was on the end of some of those chances. Some of those were really well blocked. Some of those were chances Raheem Sterling should have been burying. But I'm not going to give great credit for the second half. I'm not because it's the default position against the worst team in the league. I expect Chelsea from the off to be creating those opportunities. And maybe you look at that Raheem Sterling performance and say, could he have been starting from the, from the off? I mean, that's hindsight. I didn't have him in my predicted 11. And I don't think many people would have, to be honest, based on Raheem Sterling recently. I don't I don't see many predicted 11s with Raheem Sterling in the starting 11, uh, which is a worry considering how big of a signing he was in the summer. But I'm not going to say that the second half was much improved or encouraging because we're just, we're just you know, and I'm guilty of it, just clutching at the straws. You know, it, it Chelsea should be doing that. And they should have been doing that in the first half. The fact that it, it takes so long in that game against, as I say, I'm going to keep saying the worst team in this league for us to create any opportunities to put them under severe pressure. And even when we did, those moments still turn out to be quite um, kind of confidence-boosting moments for Southampton. I just see so much of that this season at the bridge. Teams, I just watch opposition players against us just gain more confidence. And it's just so horrible to see. So then the game ends, and even when you bring on Makalo Mudrik, we brought on Conor Gallagher. Um, of course, we had to bring on Trevor Chalaba for Cesar Aspilicueta. Um, it, it felt like after that last Sterling chance, the one that was really ridiculous, where you just were like, okay, we're not scoring here, so we're just not going to score, are we? Um, where it got blocked several times, and it was a good ball in from Havertz, and somehow Sterling didn't put, put the ball in the back of the net, and then it just seemed like Chelsea faded from there, and we just lost. So then we have the post-match where... Um, I, I, I just want to bring up this uh, this up and I will play the audio of what Graham Potter had to say after the game here regarding he was asked uh, rego- you know I think several people apparently in the ground called him the worst Chelsea manager in history and he that, that question was put to him in the press conference and this was his response Well after a, a 1-0 defeat at home any criticism you get is is um, understandable um, you know I think we've had a, a tough period and I think we've had a Lots of challenges in terms of integrating young players into the into the Premier League. Um, whilst results don't go your way, then it, it can be tough. That's how it is, um, and I'm sure there'll be people out there that will think I'm the I'm the problem. Absolutely, and I understand. I don't think they're right, but I can. I'm not arrogant enough to say that their uh, that their opinion isn't worth um, articulating. And I do just want to say I did see. You know, Simon Johnson put out, and other people too put out the sort of the quote, the first part of the quote where he says, "Some people think I'm the problem," and um, I know some people maybe misconstrued that. There is the second part to what he said, where he said, "You know, people have that opinion; they're entitled to it." And I don't think, given the question he was given after a game in that situation, it will. I don't think it was the worst answer. But so two wins in fifteen, tenth in the table, we've lost both times to Southampton this season which is just dreadful we're not scoring goals in games in some games we don't look like we're going to score goals that first half all of it together um, and and when you add into that tactical things like the lack of improvement in certain players the lack of an idea the lack of patterns which becomes a little bit of a cliched word to be honest but the lack of things that you feel like Chelsea are building on game on game, ways Chelsea are building up. Um, and some of that is the disrupted nature of the changes he made yesterday, in my opinion. You add all of that up, um, and I can understand why people come to the conclusion that 
it may be time up for Graham Potter. The reporting from the likes of Matt Law and Ben Jacobs, who I do, I respect, you know, their reporting, accurate reporting 99.9% .9 of the time. This does come down to a potential change in, in opinion and change of decision. You know, Chelsea, Chelsea's hierarchy may decide tomorrow that Graham Potter's not the right guy to take us forward. And we've seen this in football before. You get the briefing that the manager, the dreaded vote of confidence that we see so often. But all the briefing suggests he isn't going to be sacked. And I think it's fair to ask why not, or it's fair to at least be very, very critical of what's going on at the moment, because it's all right having a longer term plan, which I've been calling from, you know, calling for at this club for so long. I understand that, but it's not blind faith. It's not patience without any evidence and, and sort of a, a return on your investment, which was a pretty sizable investment to get Graham Potter out of Brighton in the first place. And there's been very little evidence of that. If we're just be, being blunt, there isn't. Um, and there are things we can point to. I can point to, you know, context and all that things. But there is no context or excuses or kind of things we can look at to suggest that Chelsea should be losing to the team bottom of the league at home. That Chelsea should be going 15 games with only two wins. With Chelsea going through many games without scoring a goal. All of these things combined... I don't think you're being reactionary for at least asking serious questions, you know, and going, is it going to turn around? Because it's all right giving faith, but is it going to turn around? What is my biggest concern is the reaction from the players is because it's it, Chelsea are the best counter argument you've got in world football, in my opinion, of that money doesn't always get you as easily what you want in football, as I think some people seem to suggest it does. Chelsea are the best antidote to the Man City argument at the moment. They really are, because the amount of money this club has spent over the last half decade, the last 25 years, but, but also, I mean, I'd say the last five years, because, you know, where Chelsea haven't been winning Premier League titles as much as they did in the first period under Roman, um, Chelsea are the best example of that because all these players aren't crap and I've kept on saying it and it's just it's baffling to me how little of a reaction we have got and I'm not suggesting you know and I said this a few weeks ago I'm not suggesting that all those players came in in January and overnight they're supposed to turn this team into you know Brazil of 1970s you know of course that's unrealistic but Again, you, you put in the context of everything we're seeing at the moment. That doesn't mean you can't see improvement. You can't see just good performances right now, encouraging performances. And we're not seeing that. All it is is picking up scraps, is looking at some positives from certain players, but that isn't very long term. And, you know, I was, I was set, I'd be a hypocrite if I were, you know, at the start of the season, my criticism of Thomas Tuchel just before he got sacked was that, I, I didn't see a team playing for him. I didn't see an idea of how Chelsea were going to improve. And you have to come to the same conclusion as I did after Zagreb. Um, but we're not seeing that from Graham Potter at the moment. So, you know, if he was sacked tomorrow, even if we can say it looks chaotic, even if there are people outside of the club who would say it's chaotic, I don't think based on the evidence of performances at the moment, you can, you know, overly go, well, there was no reason for it. There was no justification for it. There has been justification for it if you're just looking on the pitch. But if they are going to stick behind him, then I think my big concern is how long does it go on for if results don't improve? You know, that, that in itself is a massive concern. We've got Spurs next weekend and even the games that I felt Lot. you know again I'm, I, I tweeted out the Shia LaBeouf meme of the you know man who thought he had no hope loses last bit of additional hope he did not know he even had you know that is me at the moment watching Chelsea you know my expectations I thought were low already watching this team they need to go even lower it seems because any game at the moment any 
sign of adversity this team just cannot handle with it whatsoever so that in itself is 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 a massive massive worry and um unacceptable just unacceptable and it's 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 horrible so you know if anyone thought i was going to come on here and start making excuses with graham potter you know what excuses are there to make you know after yesterday it's miserable watching chelsea there's absolutely no improvement or, or vast improvement or tangible things you can sort of cling on to i don't think that there's going to be no hope for Chelsea whatsoever. I think that a lot of the players we have invested in over January are exciting. And I think that there is a bright future for Chelsea. I do. Um, but that does just because saying that repetitively doesn't mean that you can't have criticisms right now and you can't have worries about what the rest of this season is going to look like. And does this coach have it within him, the expertise within him, like any coach who sits in that guy at Chelsea, have it within them to overturn this bad run of form. And it was the big thing I said the day Graham Potter was appointed. It, it wasn't, I mean, tactically, you can have major criticism of him right now in terms of the way the team's playing. But I, I said more than that, I said culturally, it's taking a coach from one environment into a different one with more expectation, with way more scrutiny, with a different type of player, with a different profile of player, with a higher level of investment, with an expectation level that has just been constant success over and over again in the last 20 years. That's the reality of, of being Chelsea head coach. That's the reality of being any of these major clubs, you know, in world football head coach. You, you, there's a different standard to it. And that cultural difference is, I think, the one thing that did concern me. And it was the massive risk of bringing in a coach like Graham Potter. And that is why I think people, more so than just what's going on on the pitch, they're looking also and, you know, thinking, is he having an impact on players who are at maybe a different level to ones he's coached before? And, you know, we see lots of coaches who do great at a certain level who work you know, within their means or are able to extract more out of lesser players, you know, and, and that's what Graham Potter has done for a lot of his career. And I don't want to hear that everything he did before Chelsea is meaningless and it's a load of crap because he'd done some amazing work at Ostersunds. He'd done, I think, some very admirable work in his season and, and clearly had a connection with some of the Swansea fans. And with Brighton too, he, you know, he took them from a team who were playing very bland football who I think were probably going to be in a relegation battle into one now that is playing some of the best football in this Premier League. And, and he was a part of that journey. But it also is fair to point out that, you know, to make this jump up was highly significant in a period that has been highly chaotic for this club. And it, with all of that going on, do you need someone with a, with a, a calmer head or someone who's been in those chaotic situations before um, who can deal with that higher level of scrutiny? I think it's fair to ask those questions as much as... Um, I can talk about, you know, the culture changing and sort of the structure of the club changing and, and things that we need to improve recruitment wise. He is also in response. He's also got responsibility to improve Chelsea as a, as a team on the pitch. And there is not a lot of evidence that he's doing that at the moment. And he needs to start proving it quickly. So there you go. Those are my thoughts. Um, follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea. And I will see you again very soon. All the best. Bed Bath & Beyond is back with more to choose from than ever before. At the new Bed Bath & Beyond, you'll find all the products and brands you love, along with a huge new selection of furniture, decor, and everything else you need to create the home of your dreams. All in one amazing online store. 
Download our new app and save even more with exclusive deals and offers. Plus, get free shipping right to your front door. Welcome to a bigger, better beyond. Sports Social Podcast Network.